ladies, you are listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly. Did you know that four out of five women struggle with confidence and knowing who they are? This show is dedicated to helping women lead their lives with fearless confidence and to know how amazing they truly are. In this show, you will hear from women who are emerging fearlessly, who have overcome many obstacles to pursue their dreams and passions, and they will inspire you and encourage you to stand up, step out, and speak up. Be your authentic self and bring your true gifts to the world. My name is Janelle Anderson, and I am your host. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a great review and subscribe and share it with your friends. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, welcome to this episode of Women Emerging Fearlessly. Today, I've got Dana Hagstrom with me, and we're going to be talking about how to manage your time before it manages you. Very, very important topic for especially for us entrepreneurs, business owners, but pretty much everybody because we're all working from home or mostly. So Dana is living the dream. She's a retired paralegal and she's living in Mexico now coaching entrepreneurs toward success with her husband. She recently fulfilled a lifelong goal of becoming a published author and has a devotional series and blog to help people reconnect with God. Dana has learned how to turn passion into profit and help others find their own gold mines, their inner gold mines. Love that. She's also passionate about helping time-starved professionals live a time-balanced life. As a time whisperer, Dana works with clients to help them overcome their time hurdles to feel like they have actually manufactured time. Love it. We all want to create some more time in our lives. So welcome to the show, Dana. Well, thank you, Janelle. It is great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And I'm kind of jealous because you're down there in sunny Mexico and it's freezing up here. We had snow flurries and it's cold and windy. I'm not ready for that. No, no. I was looking at uh, weather this morning back in the States. I often do that to see what my kids are experiencing. And uh, I'm very happy with 70s today. Yes, I would love 70s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did, how did you end up in Mexico? Oh, that's a whole long story in itself. But um, to compact it pretty, pretty tightly, my husband was a pastor and he came to me one night and we're in this small town, small town and small church that we knew was struggling and said, we have to work another six to eight years. And, you know, all these thoughts are going through my head, you know, how is that? How is, how can they pay our salary? What's that look like? You know, the church is, you know, so we're praying and that's all going through my head. And then he says, or we could afford to retire to Mexico this year. Wow. Well, you can, you know, the end of the story, but it, uh, a year later being on our knees, praying, God, is this what you want us to do? Yes, we were here and um, we've begun a new chapter of our lives. And a lot of people call it um, our encore career, you may say, as right. online, online business coaches. Yes, a lot of us have those. And I've also heard of a lot of people doing that, retiring earlier to Mexico because the cost of living is is lower and it you can even the cost of medical 
things, right? Absolutely. Yes, everything. There are certain things that are expensive. The funny things like um, anything food processed is expensive. I want to buy a box of graham crackers, for instance. I loved graham crackers back in the States. Be $10. 10 US dollars for a box of graham crackers. I'm like, I don't love them that much. (laughs) No, no, they're not worth, they're not like made of gold or something. No, no. (laughs) So, well, let's talk a little bit about you and and what brought you to where you are today. You're a coach and you're living the dream. And I know many of my listeners want to live the dream and want to do something different or they are already doing something they love, but they feel really crunched by time, which we'll get into. But what brought you to doing what you're doing today? Well, you know, I've worked over the years with a number of of coaches myself, you know, life coaches or business coaches, mentors, that sort of thing. And you know, writing my book series, that was huge. You know, that was as a result of working with a coach. We worked on some, you know, lifelong goals and how do you make those happen? But it it probably struck me, you know, about a couple of years ago when I was working with someone and they, they were talking about, well, you know, when you're in alignment with what you're good at or what lights you up and you're helping others do that, then, you know, that's when you've arrived. You know, you're not going through the motions. It's not agonizing. And when, when, you know, my coach came right out and asked me, what are you good at? What are you good at? Well, having been a pastor's wife, working full time, four kids, you know, doing all the things that, you know, a pastor's wife is expected to do, have a piano studio, all of those things. I was always able to manage my time and people would say, how do you get it all done? So that was my superpower. I thought, well, I can bottle that up. I can figure out some strategies that will help anybody. And that was where that all started. Wow. That's pretty incredible. I love the idea. And I say this all the time, like you've got to find what it is you love doing. What are you good at? What lights your fire? You know, what gets you up and going? And I have a lot of clients who say, or just women that I know will say, well, I know what I love to do, but I don't see how I can make that into a business or how I could make that, make a living off of it. I I need to work to pay the bills. So I've got to keep my job and, and they keep pushing that off. So what would you say to a woman who knows what she wants to do, but she just feels like, oh, I shouldn't pursue it. It's, it might be a waste of time. I need to stay with my job. <laughs> right. There is so much security in having that paycheck. You know, I know I did that for 30 some years and I let myself in my dreams not happen because of that. So I think there, there just needs to, there comes a time in our lives where we have to just go for it and start with small steps. I mean, nobody is asking you to quit your job and do something full-time right away. I mean, that, that wouldn't be the smart way to do it. That's what we did. You know, we quit our jobs and it was like, okay, now what? And we've built this from nothing, but um, that's, so we can show you how to do that. But I think the smarter way is to take you know, baby steps towards your goals. And you'll find that when you're working on things that light you up, that you start to other areas of your life start to get more time efficient because you want to get to that. You want to get to those yes. business building activities. And so they'll, you get the laundry done faster or you, you find shortcuts to making dinner faster. 
or, you know, get help doing things so that you have your, your, you time. Yeah. And you're talking about like intrinsic motivation here. There you go. Because you, uh, you want to do it. And so you will find ways to do it. If you give yourself permission to start, I love that. Just take one little step toward it and you will find a way. You will find a way to find the time to do it because it'll be something you love and you will be motivated to do it. I, I tell people all the time, I don't even feel like I'm working. Yeah. And I work all the time, probably. I don't know. I don't even have to keep track of my hours because I just love it. So, you know, exactly. it's fun. It's fun to me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so let's talk about some of these um, top strategies that you have developed for time management because they would be very valuable for all of us to hear. It's one of the things I hear all the time is I don't have the time. You know, time is such an issue. I have kids, I have a family, and most of them or a lot of them are working still, a job or whatever it might be. And they just feel like, I just don't have time. I don't have time for me. I don't have time to pursue what I want to do. I just get distracted, overwhelmed, frustrated. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, what are some of those top strategies that you have used yourself and have seen work for people? Okay. Well, again, there's, there is a plethora of strategies out there. And yes, there I personally, I like to, you know, have a phone conversation or, or, or consultation with folks to understand where their issues are, to figure out which strategy would fit best for them. And so that's generally where I start, but just in general, um, if you're not using a calendar, you should be using a calendar and scheduling everything. You can schedule meal prep time. You can schedule, um, you know, taking a break, reading a book time. I mean, but, but to be able to visualize your day, the problem with schedules though, if when you start doing all of that, when those unexpected interruptions happen and you're like, no, 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 this is my book time. And if your personality just can't go with the flow, then a calendar can also be a little bit crippling. That's why I like to kind of uncover, you know, some of people's issues, but, but certainly having a calendar to set your parameters and you'll soon find, especially if you keep track of what you're doing, let's say for a week, if in for 15 minute increments, I know this is, I can't remember whose strategy this is, but it's, I think, brilliant. You write down what you're doing every 15 minutes. You become so laser focused on, on your actions. You're going to find, oh my gosh, I just wasted 15 minutes because I don't have anything to write down or what you have to write down is, is kind of embarrassing. So that's a cool strategy when you can really, you know, take a look at what you're doing and, and visualize it. That's a really cool strategy. So maybe set a timer on your phone for every 15 minutes and write down what you just did and do that for about a week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then sort of sort through that and see where am I wasting time? What am I spending time on? What should I, or what am I not getting to because I'm spending time on other things? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, like, I like that. And I think another one I, I throw out there, and this is just kind of a general one, is the PLAN formula. And that's because, and it, PLAN is an acronym because I love acronyms. And the P stands for prioritize. 
And that starts with a list. You know, every day you have tasks that you want to get done. That might include making the bed, brushing your teeth, you know, cooking dinner, whatever that is. But you know, there's a list of priorities and what do you have to get done? So the P stands for prioritize your day and pick three things you have to get done no matter what. You may have 10 to 20 other things, but you've prioritized them to bring the top three to the top. Then the L in plan is leisure. Every day you should have one of those tasks, not maybe the priorities, but one of the things you do every day is leisure. And what that means for, for you will be different than what it means for me. You know, that could be just, you know, soaking in a hot tub of bubbles, or it could mean reading a book, or that could mean for somebody running, you know, um, whatever that leisure is for you, build, build it into every day. That will help you with that time balance. Um, the A is achievement. We should always be learning or growing, trying to be better versions of ourselves. Again, what does that look like for you? What are those things you've been wanting to do forever? Take a basket weaving course. I don't know. Um, read some books. What is that? Something that you can actually see an achievement, like you get an award for it, or you see that you've finished a book. And the end one is N. And that was a hard one for me to think of, well, what could we do? But I've made it neatly organized. And when that could mean anything for, for, for people, it's, you know, particularly world now is chaos. You know, there's chaos all around us and some of us thrive in that, but others of us really kind of need some order in our lives. So what does that mean for you? Um, that could mean, you know, thinking of a new, um, like planning your menu ahead for the week, you're organizing something, or maybe that bathroom sink drawer is driving you crazy. It's cleaning that out, getting all the, the loose hair and all of the stuff that collects in our bathroom drawers, you know, but picking something each day, just a little piece of something that you can organize in your world, because they say when our environments are, are healthy, are healthy and they're supporting us and anything to help us, you know, with our time and in our environment is so important. I really like that. And I love acronyms too. <laughs> <laughs> and I always say, it does. And, and I always say, like with the prioritize, I always say, use the power of three because our brains can handle three. So three targets every day or three targets a week or even a month and just everything by threes. I do three big goals every quarter and break that down. And every day it's three things that I got to get done. Absolutely. And that really helps keep me focused and I don't have this long list that I never get to. And then I feel like a failure at the end of the day because I didn't get it all done. And I have things on there that I don't do. But if I get those top three done, then I feel like I, and, and it needs to be things like priority. So things that are going to move me forward towards that bigger goal, like writing a book or whatever it might be. You know? Right, right, right. We don't want to put the top three to be cleaning, you know, brushing our teeth, making our bed and doing five push-ups. you know, that. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that that's easy to do. There has to be, there has to be um, a little challenge there. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So using a calendar, definitely. And I totally agree with that. And even time blocking, do you do that where you have like a block of time you use it to write your book or whatever it might be that, you know, you're going to be doing every week. 
Absolutely. You know, uh, that's that kind of comes. Yeah. In with the calendaring and, and setting that time aside. Definitely. Yeah. So like, that's your day to, you know, you're like, you might pick a day to do admin work or client work or something, you it, know, and then. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. My problem with that is I don't always stick to it. <laughs> No. And you know, you gotta, you gotta forgive yourself for that. A lot of people, when you don't get those things done, we beat ourselves up and then that, that really smashes our productivity. So, right. um, you have to make a plan and realize that, you know, flexibility is also important. Absolutely. So what do you, what advice do you give people that, um, like me are easily distracted by the next shiny object? You know, like, well, that looks like fun. Maybe I should start doing that. And I'm already in the middle of something else. That that's a big one. I, I struggle with that myself to tell you the truth, but I'm, I am getting better at that. And I've often said that I'm in recovery. I'm in the shiny <laughs> object recovery system here, but, um, and I, I tend to be better at helping others avoid that trap by saying, okay, are you finished with the project you're working on? And if that answer is yes, then sure, go for it. Or then the next question could also be, well, is it on your wish list? Mm. And if, well, no, it's not on my wish list. Well, then put it there, get what you're doing done and then go for it. You know, so we are always going to uncover the things we think look really great. But sometimes just stepping back from it, giving it a week or two or a month, we'll realize that really wasn't what was going to serve us anyway. So when those new things come, the best we can is to put it on a wish list. I like that. And, and realize that we'll get to it. We'll it's out of our head because it's on our wish list. And we can, we can revisit that wish list kind of like having a vision board regularly you know what's coming and it gives you more incentive to finish what you're working on that's a great idea i think i've kind of done that before in a way i'll say to myself well i you can pursue that later after you're done with this thing but you have to get this thing done first because that leads to you know what's next and that's helped me i know in the first few years of being an entre entrepreneur i was just all over the place and just trying all these different things and not finishing a lot of it and then feeling kind of you know discombobulated and i was probably confusing everyone because i'd be posting hey i'm doing this hey i'm starting that and and uh, I never really made much progress in any of them until I got focused to one thing and say, okay, this thing is what I'm doing right now. And later I can explore that, but this has to be finished first. And that helps me a whole lot. I love that. That's great. But I think you're, you're not alone. We are all that way when we get started because we're trying to find our way. And I don't think it's all bad. You know, yeah, we did look a little crazy, but we we're learning new things and how better to explore by trying a few things true and seeing what sticks, yeah. you know, and knowing exactly what lights you up. We might not know that at first. That's an excellent point. And I think that's definitely what I was doing. So thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and giving ourselves permission to explore new ideas that I think is really important for women, uh, women tend to feel like we've got to get everything right and get everything perfect. 
and we have to um, do it right now and do it for everyone else. And we're not giving ourselves permission to explore and try new things. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, that's okay, because you learn something. Right. Exactly. Exactly. How about goal setting? What do you do about that? That's always a big one, too. I love goal setting personally. I may sound weird, but, um, and it's what we do, David and I have done in our business and what we coach our students to do is to set goals and revisit their goals. So we do it where we'll, we'll meet together. We've got, we've got a form that we use and we do provide that we have a, um, we have that accessible, but we, we have a goal setting form. We fill that out individually and then we come together and then we start dreaming together. I share my ideas and he shares his ideas. And then, then we have our business, our goals for the business. And this even includes our personal goals as well. And so that's neat. And then we break it down by quarter and then by month. So we have We know we don't have to do it all the first day. (laughs) You know, we've set a goal for the year, but we have to then assign it. Well, what month do we want to do that? And then it becomes just, you know, we revisit our goals every week. Then we have a weekly meeting and I encourage, you know, our students to do this. If they're not, you know, they are not with a, a partner like David and I together, if they're just soloing it on their own, but they still need to revisit their goals every week and see how if they're on track. And, you know, a goal, if you don't hit it when you expect it, it's not the end of the world. You can move it ahead. So, um, and some are meant to be longer term goals and not completed within a month or a quarter or something like that. And some are meant to just get you into a better habit. True, yes. I know we did that with... um, with language learning, you know, learning and living in Mexico, we wanted to, to be better Spanish speakers. And so we built it into a goal to, to get more fluent. And so then now every day I'm doing at least two activities to learn more Spanish and it's just a habit now. Yeah. But before I had to set that goal. Right. And then pretty soon it wasn't a goal anymore because it's just part of my every that's a really good point to, to make also with goals is sometimes it's about creating a habit. And once it's a habit, it's like on autopilot and you're just doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know for that, what you said earlier about, you know, goals can be flexible and can be moved. I know I have, uh, I probably, the reason that I wrote my first book and I've, my second book is just finishing up the reason I was able to even do that is that I allowed myself to have that flexible deadline because it took me a lot longer with this book. And I gave, and I started feeling like this pressure because I had put this deadline on myself. And then I finally was like, I put the deadline on myself and I can move it. And it's okay if it takes me longer because my purpose in writing it is to write something of quality that's really from my heart and I can't rush it. You know how a lot of people say, oh, you can write a book in 90 days. Well, I didn't want it to be just a 90 day book. I want it to be a a very um, powerful, transformative book with a lot of, you know, quality in it, you know, and so it takes time. So I just kept giving myself permission to move that needle 
And I did always have a deadline though, because if I didn't, I would have probably lost track of it or I would have kept putting it off and not spent that time. I didn't, I wouldn't have time blocked and spent that time like every day on it if I didn't have a deadline out there. So I think that's really wise, you know, have a deadline, have a time set for your goal and quantity, something measurable, but know that you can, you know, be flexible with it and move it. Um, As long as you're, I think there's some wisdom there in like, because you could keep moving a goal forever and never, ever achieve it. <laughs> so. <laughs> then know. that doesn't, isn't a goal anymore. Right. Right. It's a wish. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the accountability yeah. is a key piece too. So you and your husband have that built in, having an accountability partner, or, you know. Right. Right. That you follow. Right. Um, I don't know if you've ever. Michael Hyatt, I was just reading his book, Free to Focus, and he talks about, oh, no, it wasn't that book. It was a different one where they talked about having like a peer coach. Um, If you can't afford to hire a coach, you could find somebody, but you'd have to find somebody that would be kind of on the same path as you and willing to actually be committed to doing that checking in and that accountability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That would be helpful. Right. I remember having accountability partners. We called them power partners back in the day when I was doing network marketing a long, long time ago. And that was helpful. Yeah. And it is exactly that, a peer. And we were we were setting goals together. We set expectations. We met together. And this was virtually even way back then. But that was helpful. Yeah. You know, it. You just have that other person that you have to, you know, you want to impress or you want to follow through with what you said you were because they're going to hold you to it. There is something magical about that. I will get something done if Mm -hmm. I know I'm getting ready to talk to my coach. I'll I'll go back. What was I going to do? Okay, I got to get that done. Just knowing you're going to be held accountable by somebody. Somebody's going to ask you. Did you do that thing you said you were going to do? And if you didn't, why not? What got in your way? What what do you need to do to, you know? So just having somebody there to hold you accountable, it's like magic. It really is. If nobody knows what you're working on, most people won't get it done. (laughs) So good good stuff. Because life happens. Life does happen and it always will happen. So you can't really... Mm -hmm use the excuse of, well, I'm really busy right now. And when, when, uh, when we get through this next stage of our life or when our kids, I don't know, basketball season is over or, you know, but that never happens because there's always something else. So you have written and published your first devotional book. So I want to know about that. Tell us about that. Well, we've got um, a devotional series started here. You know, I've got the first one I published, Reflections on the Psalms, Devotions on the Go. It's going to be a series where I, I will take excerpts from my devotional blog, be-still.org, and, and publish those. It was a project I started before retirement, um, before retirement to Mexico. Now we're you know in our encore career. Um, a life coach said, what's something you've always wanted to do? And I said, well, I've always wanted, you know, to publish a book. And she's like, well, let's figure that out. But then one of the other pieces was, I want to spend more time with God. So what was beautiful about that is that we were able to put two things together. 
we were, she's like, okay, pick your favorite book of the Bible, Psalms, and start journaling. You know, she, she helped me tell her how I was going to do this. So I was going to start journaling every, at least once a week. And that once a week became once a day. And pretty soon I was through the book of Psalms. It was 150 chapters in that book. So that was at least 150 chapters if I did a chapter a day. But sometimes I would do more writing on it on a chapter just because the, that's how it is. But that was how the book came to be. I, I intentionally want to spend more time with God. And in doing so, I thought, well, I can share this with other time-starved people who want to reconnect with God and just haven't found the right devotional. And so I do it in a really simple, simple form, you know, just the soap form where you start with your scripture, you observe it, you, you know, give some action steps, and then you have a prayer at the end. So it's, it's simple, it's consumable, and it's... It's my it's sharing of my time with God with the world and those people that are also trying to connect. So um, it's my fun project. Yeah, it's beautiful and powerful. So that is really cool. Similar to what I did, where it was my journey, my time with God, you know, journaling mm -hmm. and listening to what he was speaking to me. And sometimes I see pictures in my mind and I ask him, well, what is that? What are you showing me or a dream or something? And I had a whole collection of those and I made it for my mom initially as a gift. Oh, cool. Yeah. And my friend read it and she said, oh, I'm using this as a devotional. And I thought, huh, maybe I could make it into a devotional. So I finally did. <laughs> so awesome. yeah, really fun. Great. Um, so how can people find out more about you, Dana? Well, I would say the best way probably would be to go to our website. My husband's on my website. Um, and that's simply David the letter N Dana.com. So David and Dana.com. And you can see the kind of work that we're doing to help solopreneurs, but to get access, if you're having time issues, um, I've got a tool for you and I'd love to give your listeners and you go to the same URL. So David and Dana.com, but backslash time. And that'll take you straight to that, that free download for that tool. And that will really help you in, in, in the getting started with some time strategies that might help you moving, you know, your business or your dreams forward. Right. That's wonderful. Thank you for giving that tool. And I will have all that information in the show notes. So awesome. if anyone wants to find out what you and your husband are doing, and maybe reach out to you if that is a good fit for them and definitely download that tool. I know a lot of women can benefit from time management. Uh, it, it helps you move forward. It helps you feel more confident too, because you feel like you're more on top of your life and that you are making progress down that road. So I have found that is a big confidence booster for me to have my, uh, my hands around my time, you know, and, uh, be able to check stuff off and look back and see, wow, look at all that I did this past week or month, you know, and I'm always asking, exactly. I'm always saying to women, you know, celebrate your wins, you know, like, even if it seems small, like mark those moments, hey, I did this this week. I did this this month. Yay me, you know, and then that motivates you to keep on, keep on going. 
Absolutely. We all need that encouragement and even and self-encouragement is just as good. Yeah. Self-encouragement is very good. And a lot of us women, we tend to not do that for various reasons, but uh, we need to be our best advocate instead of our worst critic. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing your tips with us and a little bit about what you're doing. And I love what you guys are doing in the world and helping entrepreneurs. Um, I am going to look up your book or one of your devotionals and grab it. I love devotionals. So um, that sounds perfect for me. So, well, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. And um, hopefully uh, we will talk to you again at some point, but thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Have a blessed day. I hope you enjoyed that episode and got a lot out of it that will help you on your journey to becoming fearlessly confident. If you would like to know how to work with me to help you to become fearlessly confident, just email me, Janelle at EmergingLifeCoaching.com. You can also go to my website. There's lots of great resources on there, including a free mini course called Be Confident, Be Real, Be You. It's a three video course with downloadable action guides that will definitely help you to get on this journey to becoming fearlessly confident. My website is EmergingLifeCoaching.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be fearless, be confident, and be you.